Good evening, my name's Liz Gray and I'm the Rector at Incarnation. And I'm so glad that you're worshipping with us this beautiful Christmas Eve. Now, you might have noticed in some of the things that we've written in the last week that we wanted you to come to the service ready to do what Simon and I are about to do right here, which is to build your nativity scene while I'm reading the account from Luke's Gospel of the birth of Christ. And so if you haven't got your nativity bits and pieces yet together yet, run around now and get them together. And kids, I know that many of you also will have dressed up as your favourite or least favourite character in the story of Jesus' birth. And so can you please make sure that you come right in front of your camera when uh, that your character pops up in the story so that everyone can see just what that person looked like. And now let's turn to Luke's Gospel and I'm going to start reading at the beginning of chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the son and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Whoops. And wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, pondering them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They can stay. 
I'm not going to read the other, the next bit of the story, which comes up in Matthew's gospel, but Matthew tells us about how wise people, philosophers and scientists perhaps, came from the East. And so we're going to add them to the story as they came bearing gifts in the days and months after the birth of Jesus. So they all came and they brought gifts. And because Jesus was born in a stable, quite often on nativity sets you might have some animals. And perhaps those are animals which you're used to in your, like, cows and sheep. Or perhaps they're animals a little bit like the ones which the wise men, wise people came on, which were maybe camels. We have some camels from all around the world that we've collected. But perhaps you also rather like putting some other things into your nativity scene. Maybe there are other animals which you're really fond of, which you think would also come and worship at Jesus' manger. And so some of these we've collected from around the world, and we often put them out in our nativity as well. Perhaps a llama or a reindeer. Oh. Maybe even an elephant to show that Jesus comes for people in Africa as well. And here are some more of our favorites. A lion and a warthog. Rather large guinea fowl, maybe even a giraffe. All coming to worship Jesus. There's so much glorious art where people have represented this nativity story relevant to their own culture and social setting. And there are some things which are universal about those scenes. Jesus is always laid in a humble position, here in a manger full of straw, where the oxen would have eaten. But there are also some interesting, unique features about the different nativities. And if you get the chance, have a look at Grant and Nancy's one from China. And apparently Chinese nativity sets always have a person who stands in the shadows watching. And maybe there are people that you know who stand in the shadows watching the nativity story year by year. But I wonder if you were planning the birth of Jesus, if God asked for your advice, and think about all the opportunities and options which God had. He had all of time, all of the world, all of nature, in order to make his decision about where Jesus would be born. And he chose this rather out of the way small town in the middle of a country which is tiny and very inconspicuous. He chose a time when there was very little in the way of resources or infrastructure. If you were going to choose where Jesus was born, perhaps you would choose somewhere where there was good medical facilities, a decent hospital, NICU, doctors and nurses who know how to handle unusual births. Perhaps you would choose a Western country, somewhere where Jesus would be able to grow up safely and get a good education. Perhaps you would have chosen somewhere like a time like now when there would be good global communications, internet, Snapchat, Facebook. Somebody could have come and snapped a picture of baby Jesus and could be all around the globe in a minute. And so if Jesus was trying, God was trying to make 
relationship with his people around the world, there it was. Everybody would know straight away, pinging up on their smartphone. Jesus has been born, a saviour has come. But God didn't choose any of all those things. He chose that Jesus should be born as one of the lowest of the low, at the bottom of a social hierarchy, with nothing much to lean on. And at that point, Jesus was identifying with the least of these. He was identifying with the Uyghurs, the Rohingya, the Dalits, street sweepers, garbage collectors. At this point, when Jesus comes and is born into a stable like this, there's nobody can say that he's too high for them to reach. Jesus comes to be right at the bottom of the social ladder so that everybody has access to him. Jesus chooses to be vulnerable in his birth. A deliberate decision that God was saying, I'm coming to the least of these. And that really is the story throughout scripture. God always, always favours the disenfranchised, the orphan, the widow, the hungry, the lonely. God is always for those who have nothing. And that's how the choice was made that Jesus would be born as the least of these. The other reading that we heard today was from Titus chapter 3, where it says this, Paul was writing, and he said, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Did you hear that? Jesus comes and he saves us not because of any works that we've done, not because we're good, not because we're nice, not because we do things, not because we work hard. He comes according to his own mercy. The birth of Jesus is the fundamental and basic offer of mercy to all people. And that's been our theme for this Advent season, for all people. And today we're reminded that Jesus comes for all people. And what begins at this moment in time is a story which will gradually unfold as the boy, the baby becomes a boy, becomes a man. And he dies on a cross for us and then sends his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is Jesus' Spirit and that is what lives inside us. And as Titus, Paul says here in Titus, it says, regenerating and renewing us. The chain of events which this baby sets into motion has totally transformed the access that all of us have to a relationship with God, which can be personal and immediate because he loves us. So in a moment, we're going to take some quiet. And as we do so, perhaps you'll want to rearrange some of the people or animals in your nativity scene. Perhaps you'll want to add some other ones which represent your family or friends or neighbours. I'm going to take this little lady and I'm going to put her over here, peeking out, representing me perhaps, wanting to be close to Jesus, wanting to be close to Mary. 
to see what's going on. As we go into the silence now, we're going to be looking at some of the nativities from around the world. And perhaps you'd like to see what's different and to imagine what it's like to be a person in one of those countries seeing the nativity and being reminded that Jesus comes for all people. And so therefore Jesus comes for every single cultural and social group around the world. Perhaps you'd like to give thanks for the way that Jesus comes in vulnerability and the way that he left his Holy Spirit so that you and I could be in a relationship with God. Take a moment now in the quiet to reflect on the amazing nature of the story of a baby born 2,000 years ago in a dusty stable and the impact that that birth has had not only on you, on the world and give thanks that Jesus has come for all people. <laughs> 